0: All right, Chris. In your opinion, what are the top things that most concrete guys, when they get started, like? What do they? What do they get wrong? What? What do they do as concrete PMs like yourself? How do you've you gotten to where you have been now? Like, what's what's a couple tips?
1: Um, I think one of the biggest things is not delegating what you're not good at. Oh, I like that. If you can find somebody to help you or yeah. mentor you or whatever and stuff you're not good at um, don't be afraid to delegate that kind of work because you get more done at what you're good at or what you enjoy and uh, another thing having the difficult conversations you know early on or yeah as soon
0: as they come up you know don't put it off just get it solved right eat the frog yeah. I, I always tell people that too like The hardest part of like every day is the hardest thing you have to do that day, and people will continually wait to the end of the day when maybe you push it off to tomorrow. Right, right. That's what happens. So
1: you're giving it the chance to push off to
0: tomorrow, right? Yeah. Always find something else you want to do. (laughs) We don't want to do the different that hard thing, right? Yeah, and I think in concrete, no matter the job, that could be the most difficult. Right. there's lots of difficult jobs yeah I mean difficult jobs difficult parts in the job you might have a
1: you know sub you've never worked with and you're not connecting with that person you know find out figure out a way to connect with them you know maybe you're not even that guy that can connect with them you know find a guy part of your team that can connect with them and build that relationship if you can that seems to work well for me
0: Yeah, I I think, like, that's probably, like, I think of you, and and I've known you for a long time, which we'll get into, but, like, your superpower is connecting with people. How do you, I feel like you almost have an unfair advantage, but how do you, in your mind, approaching a new person or a hard conversation, because when you approach hard conversations, sometimes they end up being the best friends. Right. you got to have the hard conversation before you're, um, so you, is that you eating the frog, like? doing the hard thing first or how do you connect on a a deep level i still struggle with doing the hard stuff right like sometimes
1: it's like i don't want to deal with this and i struggle with it i work on it i'm trying to get better at it but knowing what you gotta what you gotta get to for a resolve right what where we got to get to and then you know we got to continue work too right so let's build a relationship out of this i always try and get to know people
0: you know how do you do that? Like what, what, where did your, how do you, um, just, I mean, it's built into you yeah. now, right? But like, yeah, how do you I do never that?
1: really, um, I never really think about it. It's just something that I do, but I, I like to get to know people, um, trying to build trust or earn their respect, you know? Yeah. Um, I can be kind of, I don't know if you want to call it old school, but I like to, you know, I like to be early to the job site and, now, as a project manager, I probably shouldn't even be on site all the time, but I like to be, you know, I like to be around and kind of show, lead with hard work. Yeah. At times, when when possible, I like to be on site and kind of lead the, lead the charge and kind of help the guys get through their day. Um, I like to do that. I like to, you know, have conversations with people about what they enjoy, you know. Like, hey, what do you like to do on the weekends, or you know, what are you doing this weekend? You know, these are your employees now. Them. You're talking, yeah, like, employees you're, even or your even subcontractors. Labors. Okay, yeah. subcontractors. so you kind of so you get, your you get to a job site
0: know them. and you float around and you you kind of just yeah get to know people, especially
1: early on in the project. Get to know people especially if it's somebody new you haven't worked with, yeah. try and get to know them a little bit at least. So, you know, put a name to the face, you know, maybe a story with their name. Yeah. I'm not the best at remembering names, but, either <laughs> Neither am I. If, if they tell me a story, I'm like, oh, yeah, now I kind of remember. I got yeah. it now, so. That is helpful. Um, putting stories, you know, to faces and, you know, figure out what they like, you know. How do they like to be treated? Are they the type of guys that show up on site and leave me alone? Are they the type of guys that, you know, want to chat, want to talk about what their daily goal is, you know? Some guys just want to show up on site and leave me alone, let me do my work. And other guys like to, you know, have open conversations. As a project manager, you got to have the, you got to know what's going on. So the guys that don't like to have conversations about what their goals are for the day, you have to, you know, you have to pick on them a little bit and kind of, to know them and
0: it usually works out pretty good well by you connecting to because we're all in a subcontractor this is a relationship Mm -hmm. based construction i mean every business is relationship based but it's you seem to connect at a deeper level than just say that job which i think people can you know get excited for working you like you figure out a way to motivate them as well as um get a lot out of them. You know what I mean? Like you can bring their best. They know your expect, you know how to say expectations, but then you know how to, they're your buddy too. They're your, ex. you know, um, how do you, you know, can you walk us through, you know, and I know these are built in systems, but like, how does someone help you or how can you help someone connect at a deeper level Yeah, I don't have, like, a (laughs) specific
1: way I go about it, but... We go uh, deep in these. Yeah. We go deep. We should uh, have tequila. I never thought about, you know, I don't think about it, put me on the spot a little bit as far as, like, what... But I usually just try and get to know the guy or gal that I'm working with, you know, like, different personalities always kind of require different attention, right? Like, talking about schedule stuff, you know, like, you can always present the schedule to them and some guys it's like you give them that schedule consider it done right other guys you know they might have a a company where they're spread thin you know everybody's short on labor you know he might need a hand or just some checking in or you know hey how can i help you get to what you need you know if you need me to oversee your guys for a couple hours while you run to another job site or is there a piece of equipment I can get to help you you know just trying to connect with them and letting them know that hey I'm here to help you get through this you know we're trying to be a team a lot of times you get a bunch of subcontractors on a job site you know everybody's there at the same time when you get to the end it's like everybody's on top of each other you want to have a good relationship when you get to that point because you don't (laughs) want guys out hollering hey you got to get out of my way or you know build a relationship get the guys to know each other and it seems to work well I don't know I don't really have a specific way it's kind of fly by the seat of my pants but I like to try and get to know the guys or gals that we're working with and Try and be a helping hand, you know. Everybody's got their own struggles within their companies. So if we are, you know, generaling a job or just, you know, a sub on another job, everybody's kind of got a challenge, right? They're trying to meet a schedule and they're like, hey, man, I'm a half a day behind. Yeah. You know, can you guys start over here? You know, sometimes we got to be flexible, but being flexible and, you know, keeping the foot on the pedal at the same time it helps a lot, you know. Trying to be flexible with these guys and
0: work with them is what I like to try and do. Yeah, no, and I, I think you do a really good job at it. And so, when you're the direct report of, I mean, let's say 30. I mean, you have four or five crews now, and we're yep. and we're in full swing. That's a lot of bodies, um, you know. And it seems to grow every year. How do <laughs> you How do you keep connected with that many people? Because I struggle with this as our company grows. I, I. I don't know all the concrete labor, you know, and I don't know yep. all the people perfectly like right. I would like to. Um, but how do you adapt because that area grows so quickly and then yeah. you have a lot of people to stay it's challenging, in but touch with? It's challenging, I try
1: and pick, you know, I try and in my mind I try and pick, all right, I got to go to, you know, this job site today and this job site today. I got to check out two different places. I'm like, all right, I know I got a couple new guys there. I want to spend ten minutes with those guys today, just just BSing with them, getting to know them. You know, I might not even hardly know their name. I, I hired them, but I probably hired three guys at the same time, and I haven't seen them since. And you know, um, so going out, shaking hands, you know, showing some appreciation, and then asking them what they need. You know, okay. hey, what do you guys need? You know, what do you think so far? Are you uh, enjoying the guys you're working with? You know kind of making them feel like we care because yeah I do I the guys we bring in you know we're we're pretty close group of guys that we have um in our concrete division we're uh pretty tight knit we a lot of us hang out outside of work too you know yeah. so we've not only developed a good work work relationship but friendship too I like to just pick a few guys you know I always have to check in with the foreman so I always get to know those guys the best yeah it seems like but um, I always pick a couple guys that I just want to you know connect with that day. Yeah, like, it might be one guy this day or maybe I don't even have time that day. I
0: can't do it that day, but got it.. Yeah. Well, I think it's important how you, you know, how you set that up and, right. and the structure because it's like, yeah, I, I, I can't get in front of one, but I want to it's important in our company to have a good culture, connect on a deeper level know these people. I'm bringing you on a podcast and knowing you on a deeper level. Actually, we have quite the background, so we'll yeah. get into that. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, I have really good conversations and I know now you on a deeper level and I, you should know your own employees because I think that reduces your turnover because you don't seem to have much turnover out there, yeah. which I don't think every concrete company could say. Right. What you know what Yeah, we don't have a lot of turnover, you know. They enjoy working for yeah, a your of, area.
1: If guys leave, you know, they're usually leaving to better themselves, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's a role you know, maybe they went to college for something. Sure. And uh they were just doing this on the side so they could find the right gig and you know, I support that. If they're better in themselves, that's great. I yep. don't I don't lose a ton of guys. I don't have a big turnover but I think it's a lot to do with our culture and just how we treat them, you know. We try and do the guys, the foremen like to call pizza parties. We try and do that, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just get the guys together, right? You should, Generally, the more you get to know somebody, you know, you like, you might get a first impression of someone. You're like, eh, I don't really like that yeah. person.
0: And then the more you get to know them, you're like, yeah. Maybe I was wrong. They're not so bad. <laughs> and they're not no? so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's different at work than they are at home. They're yeah. completely separate people. We spend, the people we work with though, we literally will spend more time than our spouses. Yeah. You know right. what I mean?
1: Like, especially in concrete season, right? We have a tight window. Like, yeah, you know, these guys are hanging out with each other more than they are with their families and right. kids and stuff
0: like that. So getting along means a lot. Yeah. yeah. So if you're if you're having a company and you're having tremendous turnover, you're can't figure out why, you guys. You have to understand that your leadership, it all starts at the top down. But you have to. We spend a lot of money on culture, and, mm-hmm. and the it's not a boomer society we're in. We're in a millennial society where right. these people need to be nurtured. They need to be appreciated. They need to see that you're actively interested in them. And not yeah. just not just a superficial this is a job. Yeah,
1: right. Asking them what they want too. That's oh, a big thing. Yeah, I love that. I try and uh I try and ask what they want, you know? What do you guys want? What what uh what do you want to see changed? Yeah. What what can I do better? What can we do as a company better? And a lot of times they're like, I don't know, we're good. Yeah. You know, but yeah. sometimes they bring up valid stuff that I don't see or I might not even think about. Yep. And they're like you know, Chris, I got an issue with this. I, I can't think of anything example off the top of my head, but a lot of times they'll be like, hey, Chris, you know, I got an issue with this, you know, can we do something about it? Or, you know, right. something do something better. Uh, seems to work really well just asking what they want, you know. We went through a point where the culture wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Where yep. It was just kind of felt like a job to everybody. Yep. Um, I think it really turned around when we asked that question. Oh, good. What do you guys want? I like that. What makes you guys happy? What makes you want to come to work every day? You know I have guys on unemployment right now that just come in every day just because they love being here. Yeah. They're not even getting paid. They'd come in and hang out for an hour just to see what's going on. And yeah. Yeah. Just to visit, you know? So, um, I think we're really doing well on the culture end of things and, uh, As far as our concrete goals this year, that's one of our things we're going to keep working hard on. Um, We wanted to work on efficiency this year, um, concrete processes, and then culture. Yeah. We want to keep building a culture because if we build this culture where people want to work, you know, guys will come to us. Yeah. They'll, They'll come to us looking for jobs. Hey, my friend works there, and he said, you know, he loves working there. He enjoys his job. He told me to come, so... A lot of times, nowadays, you almost have to bring people in that are friends and family and stuff like that yeah. because there's not a ton of people out there looking for concrete jobs specifically.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I just think about like the people that follow me and, and the amount of people that come to us, just let alone the culture alone, because they had someone experience that. I think we've right. had husbands and wives here, yeah. and it's like yeah. they bring their spouse. They're like, it's good here. You know what? There's yeah. expectations, but they're... Really good to you. They treat you well. They want to understand you. So I think that is very important in business. And if you're struggling with this, you guys need to circle culture on the only thing you do this year right. um, before you do anything else. And it, it will make employees come to us. It has already. And and um, even if you're not, say you're the business guy that like, because some people can struggle with this. Like you have a superpower of connecting with people. Right. I think you know, in my opinion, and. Um, not every business entrepreneur, whatever, myself, can connect with everybody. So it'd right. be a weakness then, right? Yep. Like, So it's like find somebody that can connect well. It's like, now, does Chris know everything in the world about concrete? Right. No. <laughs> so
1: I don't know everything it's, it's, about it's, concrete. I've, but, I've, you know, I've, I haven't been around long enough to. Right. There's lots of companies that have more experience. Um, it, we put a lot of work in in training. And, you know, going home and doing our research, um, guys will go home and watch YouTube videos. Yeah. You know, last year, um, we did a floor flatness and to be honest, we were, we were nervous, you know, we knew we could do it. We knew we had the knowledge to do it, but we'd never done a floor that was that flat. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we did a ton of research. We went to some trainings. We went to World of Concrete, took floor flatness classes <laughs> at World of Concrete. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got to the end of it. And when it was time to pour, you know, we, we had everything in, in line. You know, we had our processes down. Everybody had a job. And, you know, it, took, it was a 16-hour pour. And it had to be all one pour. So, you know, we would have loved to break it up but that wasn't an option it had to be one the continuous poor. pour and uh when the day we got the floor the day after when we got the floor flatness test and we achieved a 64 and we needed a 50 yeah you know, that was a big accomplishment to our guys and just it ma- makes it feel like the training paid off and the hard yeah. work paid off you know that that is not easy for anybody right. to just go lay down a 64 yeah. 64 floor
0: flatness, so that was a big accomplishment, so it felt good to... Well, it, and I think what you're kind of explaining, it's like, we've never, in, in business as it is itself, I've never been to the next level. Right. I'm going there. Right. Uh, I, I want, I'm persistent on getting there, but right. like, you educated yourself. Right. You got uncomfortable because you probably didn't want to do it in one pour. Right. Right. Um, so it made it more uncomfortable. You made the plan fail win lose right. yeah executed with the best knowledge you could have yep. um you maybe even reached out to people that have yep. done it yeah we and, actually
1: had a couple of guys come in and help us you know help direct us just in case you know we thought we had it under control but we were like hey this is a one-shot gig you know let's yep. bring in a little extra help yeah and, and we weren't we weren't afraid to ask for help you know yeah that was they ended up being really good guys, and they helped us achieve what we needed to, right. you know. But, um, now your confidence the, level yeah, soars, I'm now, sure, in this. Yeah, we now did, that's no uh, big deal. Or it's, yeah, we did two more after that, and we did it on our own without help, and it, was, it felt good, you know. It felt like a big accomplishment. And right. Doing so, the difficult thing again, you know, like doing, doing the hard stuff, that's a big deal, you know. Yeah. Putting yourself in the uncomfortable situations and doing your research and your homework
0: and, you know, making a plan yeah that was the biggest part of it yeah well you 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 took action on that I you know the just that one breakthrough how much confidence it built for yep. you to do anything else you wanted today so I think super important it applies to business. we can learn it in concrete yep. we can uh, there was actually a funny story that came out well, it's not really funny um, but they were in a gym. And uh, I think I checked in with you guys, and you were a little loopy, I would say. Um, these machines have engines. Yeah. We, uh, uh, we overlooked the part of carbon monoxide. Yeah. Uh, we indoors.
1: Couple, yeah. We had, we had a big, huge gym, and uh, we had a couple doors mm-hmm. open. Didn't think nothing of it. Well, ended up having overexposure to carbon monoxide and getting sick, you know, like something we overlooked. Yeah, so we we ended up doing some more of these interior floors and having to run engines inside and all that. And, uh, yeah, we definitely learned our lesson. Yeah, so proper Uh,
0: monitoring, making sure ventilation's good.
1: It was something nobody thought about, you know, previous. You know, we knew to open the doors and whatever, but if you were in there, you didn't notice it. It was one of them things. (laughs) It was just, uh, it was uh, overexposure to so many parts per million. Um, the monitors weren't even beeping but the levels were high enough to where, and we were in there for so many hours that it ended up being an overexposure so yeah, it was uh, a lesson learned, you know. Yeah, so proper ventilation proper and ventilation. check
0: a monitor, have a yeah. monitor around yeah. know your guys Buy are safe.
1: Buy the
0: $20 yeah, carbon monoxide monitors mm-hmm. and have the guys in there wearing them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think cheap insurance. And so learn from that, anything inside. Um, all yeah. right, well, let's, we, we've talked some concrete stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I know each other pretty well, yeah. Uh, yeah, we Real really well. Um, we've done probably a lot of things that I shouldn't have in my life with Chris <laughs> and uh, learned a lot from Chris. So um, Chris is a little older and a little wiser than I am. Um, I don't know about wiser, but. <laughs> well, we were all, and, and again, this is on follow the Herd. It's a path thing, um, you know. P- people only see overnight successes. Um, they don't know what you've been through or your story. You yeah. know, so um, kind of tell us your story. Where you started from? We could talk about how we met and yeah. and bring us through. Like, where are you from? And and what did you what did you learn? Um, I'm
1: from a farm up by Langdon, uh, north of Langdon, I guess, up by the Canadian border. Um, my dad and family we uh, my dad farmed until I was uh, 10 and then uh, we just ran my dad had cattle and pigs for a while and chickens so I grew up on a farm uh, learned uh, good worth work ethic early on yeah um, it was it was work you know we were 20 miles from
0: Langdon so what were you doing the, you um, and, and on the farm? Like, yeah, because you you have a, you get a job from age, like, six, don't you, yeah, on the farm? I, I used to, yeah. I mean, Dad would put me in the tractor or, you know, have okay. me
1: mowing the grass at five years old, <laughs> you know. I spent, I, I never went to daycare when I was a kid. I literally oh, spent wow. my days with my old man in the tractor. So, I mean, you learn to drive the tractor at an early age when <laughs> you're sitting there every single day. So yeah, I, I grew up on a farm with cattle, and um, my dad is one of the hardest working people I've ever met, you know. He could retire, he's at retirement age, but he loves to work. <laughs> yeah. So I learned my work ethic from my dad and a lot of family members too. I, uh, I worked on the farm till I got old enough to get an actual job. And then uh, kind of did that. I did work construction with my cousin and pouring concrete and building steel buildings and kind of evolved into where I am today. I always knew I enjoyed pouring concrete, but it was one of those things like when you're not in the high level, it's hard-ass work, right? Yeah. Like, it's hard work pouring concrete. <laughs> so, was, you, never, you never, I don't think anybody dreams of being a... A concrete labor but just no. kind of start at the bottom and put in the hard work and
0: yeah yeah it was, so when you were in let's say high school I mean you said you had livestock too so yep. all I think in livestock <laughs> is like I think all you do is work <laughs> yeah. when you have cattle right like yeah you have some brothers yep yeah um, two, uh, got two younger brothers they
1: uh, my middle brother Brian has cattle and then uh, my youngest brother He's a butcher now, but he's ran cattle his whole life. They they have a love for cattle. I don't. I don't love cattle. They've had cattle forever and uh, Wow. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah. When I was young I bought my first cow. I don't even remember how old I was, but anyway I bought
0: my first cow and You were like under eighteen though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was you're probably, a businessman, with a Yeah, I was probably cow.
1: twelve, something like that.
0: Bought bucks. your first cow? Yeah,
1: I, I mowed lawns <laughs> for people in the area. And, okay. You know, stuffed my money in a shoebox, and Dad helped me get my first cow. And I remember so that was I, the goal as a kid? Yeah, right. To get this buy, cow? Yeah, buy a cow, have a calf, you know, make some money, build a little herd, and yeah, it didn't work out like that. I, uh, I think it was Christmas Eve or something like that. I, I don't, Christmas Eve, I think. I feel like it was Christmas Eve. Anyway, Dad... It's like, oh, we got to bring your cow in. She's going to have a calf. I'm, like, really excited. And then uh, we we went to church. We brought her into the barn, and then we went off to church and came back from church. And I ran out to the barn to see if I had my first calf, you know. And there the cow is laying, tipped over. She bloated, had trouble giving birth. And, yeah, lost the cow and the oh, calf. Oh, no. Yeah. It's your first business yeah. deal. Yeah. Failed. So, uh, So, like I said, I'm not a big cattle guy. I I had a little bit of bad luck. So then I think Dad helped me get another one because he felt bad, you know. So Dad helped me get another one, and then I think that one got her eye poked out and had to have her eyeball removed. She got a horn in the eye. And And then my cow hated me, so every time I'd go in the pen, she would, like, chase after me. And mind you, I'm, like, 12 years old at the time, so...
0: The cow hated yeah, you.
1: Yeah, every time my dad would go into a pen, my dad could go in there, and she wouldn't even look at him. And if I walk in there, she was chasing after me. So oh, my I, I don't have a love for cattle like my brothers and my <laughs> old man do. They they love cattle, and they always will. But
0: I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll eat them. But other than that, I don't really want to deal with them oh, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did what the theme of this podcast is, and you did what you unfollowed the herd. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you you realized cows were probably not your end game. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you what did you graduate? Because then you must have moved up into high school and. Yeah. What did you pivot to then? Since cattle didn't work. (laughs) So I went to college to be a mechanic and. Okay. I don't know, I just
1: I got done with high school, and I was like, well, I got to do something, you know? <laughs> I was working construction, and I enjoyed it, but, you know, I just, it felt like college was what I was
0: supposed to do, so. follow You followed, you went back and followed the herd? Yep,
1: went back and followed the herd, and I'm like, there wasn't, a hard, I went to school to uh, be a small engine mechanic, and. Like man, you can't make any money doing this. You know the wages are at that time. It was like ten bucks an hour for an entry level mechanic, eh? and it was like I was making more than this in high school doing construction, and I didn't love being cooped up in a shop all day, and sure, my attention span would kind of run out real fast. So I uh, I actually went back. I did it for two or three years. I was a mechanic and. Kind of toughed it out. I even did construction in the winter when mechanic was slow. Just, I, I couldn't sit around the shop. Sure. I get too bored. So I'd go do construction for my cousin in the winter. And then I was like, all right, I got to find something else to do. And my cousin offered me a job. He's like, why don't you just come work full time for me? He's like, I know you love it. What, what was he doing? Uh, he was building steel buildings and pouring concrete. Oh, and, got uh, it. Okay. Building grain bins and stuff like that. Kind of little bit he'd do a little bit of house stuff sure built a house you know he would do kind of anything but mainly steel buildings and pouring concrete
0: stuff like that okay and you liked you did you did you like that or you were going back and doing construction while you're doing mechanic work because the pay wasn't in the mechanic. Yeah, part. when I was a mechanic, it was like I can't survive on ten bucks an hour. You right. Know? So you pivoted only because. Yeah, I was you like, you enjoy well, construction yeah. a little more, or well, was I, it just the pay was better? I knew I enjoyed it. I don't know that I ever really shared, like, hey,
1: I, I really like doing this. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, because we were, I was doing it in the winter. It was cold. You know, we were working twenty below, whatever. Yep. It, it was. It was work, and it was hard work, but. I enjoyed it, you know, I I knew that I liked to do it. Um, I learned a ton just about work ethic and, you know, how to get the job done and how to relate to people from my cousin and his old man. You know, they've been in the business forever, so uh, I realized I enjoyed it too much, and my cousin's like, Chris, why don't you just come work for me full time? I'd always helped him since I was like... I don't know, 13, 14. After the cows died? Yeah, after <laughs> I kind of got done with the cattle thing, it was like I'd help him pour concrete on my lunch break oh. in high school. Okay. Um, and I'd always helped him, even all the way through college. I'd go home on the weekends and help him do construction. You know, I'd go help him build grain bins or steel buildings in the winter. And uh, he finally was like, Chris, why don't you come work for me full time? He's like, it just makes sense. I'd love to have you. You're good to have on my crew and so I was like, all right, I'm gonna take a chance, you know, I think I think this is kinda of the direction I need to go. Okay. And I did that for a few years and um I ended up getting a different job. Uh that's kinda sorta how we met. I, I met you in the process and so you so you left the cousin? Night. Yeah, I uh and you pivoted to a new job? I left him, and I went to, it was Midwest Testing at the time, and I okay. got bought out by Terracon. But okay. I left Midwest Testing, and I did uh, concrete testing for about a year, year and a half. And then uh, I got asked, our, our driller at the time at the company was on uh, vacation deer hunting, and yeah. we had some holes to drill, so my boss was like, Chris, you're always hanging out in the drilling shop. He's like, you want to give her a try? Well, Well, Dan's gone on vacation. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Ended up going out drilling, not having a clue what I was doing and picking up on it, and I actually really enjoyed it. I loved drilling holes. I loved doing that. I kind of learned a lot about different aspects of construction through that, you know, like what the soil compactions actually mean and why it's important and all that stuff. I I learned through that. I... uh, I drilled for. I worked at Terracon Midwest Testing Terracon for just under ten years, so. Wow. I spent a lot of time there, and so I, so we met right before, right before that because I I um, think I was it was a couple of years I think before that before because, that okay because you would come help when I worked for my cousin you would come help on the weekends or whatever yes. and. So we got to know each other that way, and then uh, I was working construction for my cousin, and you're like, Chris, you're like, I got
0: a good job here.
1: I I left my dad's (laughs) construction company. Yeah,
0: (laughs) around the same time. Yeah, well, we just bought heads. I was hoping to take it over, and... I was in college, and then yeah. I left. I, I do remember, I think I I think I was in my senior year of high school, maybe even. Yeah, when we met. And I uh, just remember climbing through, like, your window <laughs> of your apartment, and then, like, yeah. I would just drink Chris's beer. and yeah. wait for him to get home from yeah. work at 5 or five, whatever time. Five, 6 o'clock, yeah. Yeah, so I would drink his beer and then um, just wait we, for him to get home.
1: Yeah, second day we met, we went out to the... Patton or Northwood Derby and oh yeah drink beer and
0: you had your car in the car show and yeah yeah I, I waited till of age <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> no I didn't 18 years old yeah yeah 18 years old we had a great time yeah. uh yeah because then our relationship too uh, I've known Chris yeah since 2005 basically yep. five six somewhere yep. in there and um so I've known Chris a long time I yep. mean that's uh Coming up years. on 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Something. So we're getting old now. Yeah. We, we we still <laughs> time consider, flies. We still consider ourselves to be young bucks, but yeah. here and there we'll yeah try, <laughs> try
1: hang with the young guys. But
0: yeah, yeah, we're we're in a, a new world. But we, when I was doing that, I, I looked up to you. Um, you had a career, and and uh, I was kind of just a kid looking to go to college. I was following the herd. I was just going to go to college and right. procrastinate. Yep. Try to learn how to drink and yeah. um you know all the fun stuff you learn in college. Right. Um, to procrastinate on getting to like the next level. Right. But, and I was already through that <laughs> and trying to figure out
1: what I was supposed to be doing but still drinking and partying all the time and Yeah. So maybe I
0: held you back a little <laughs> bit probably but that's, that's where I wanted to be. Yeah. So I you know you have taught me some things that you know, uh, cause I remember we would go help your cousin. Yep. Um, I do remember that and we would help them on the weekends or cause yep. I think I was still helping my dad through the yep. first time year, couple of years we met. Yep. Um, and yeah, then w- it I was different. Helped your dad and you pour concrete a couple of times too, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you were, you were employee of Kuhn Construction. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I remember going up to Langdon and, and helping you build these grain bins and, um working for your cousin and you know, his dad or whatever. Yep. It was just a different it was a different pace. Uh, my dad worked very efficiently but um it was limited on we just did something different. We did concrete. So like yep. that's what we knew. Yep. Um and it was different. Um and I would say my dad was limited, you know, seven to five or six. Right. Um mm-hmm. when we went up north and worked with <laughs> them it was working like literally five to dark like <laughs> right we it's literally sh- it's 10
1: o'clock that's what we we're working till
0: yeah and um the speed that they work at right. and the expectation of the speed there was no other pace right it only seemed like uh we fly we don't take breaks i don't right. remember take. we took a half hour You <laughs> eat like a sandwich in the job trailer yeah for 20 minutes and you just all roll out Yep. We didn't even talk at times. It was right. just holding um, screws on the grain bins and trying and not to get my finger pinched in there. Holding nuts yeah. on the inside of a grain bin and oh my gosh! And just for yeah. fourteen or fifteen or six, like those guys would just keep going. Yeah. I, I just like I, that was shocking to me from what my dad taught me. Um, we tried to get a lot done in a smaller amount of time. Where right? They they would get a lot done. You know, just <laughs> they would just constantly work. Right. So it's just a Right. that was and shocking the, to me efficiency
1: and then the goal for the day you know yeah the goal for the day when that was set you weren't going home till this yeah. thing's up you know right when when this bin is up that's when we get to go home it, right it doesn't matter if it's you know eight o'clock at night it, you don't just shut it off you're getting this bin up you so get the headlights on yeah. I remember it like yeah. we're
0: anchoring this thing down in its final place right. and it's and it's late, it's dark, you're tired. But then, you know, those guys keep up a good attitude, I thought. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, we're going to get steak dinners. And you're like, all right, that's my motivation. I'm motivated every day because they're going to pay for the beer and, yeah. and whatever. And, and yeah. that's where my life was. But I did learn, I think, a lot with that, um, with working your cousin and, and working with my dad. It's like, yeah, you... My dad never set the goal at the end of each day. I don't think that he told me. Yeah. I think in his brain he yeah. knew it, right. and I could tell where after a few years, like right. where he was going. Yeah. But I remember them telling us the expectation was right. in the beginning of the day. Yeah. We're gonna have two of these great bins done, and yep. we're, we're, then we'll call it a day, and we'll go. Yeah. Uh, to the bar or whatever we're gonna do. Yep. Construction right. guy stuff. Yeah. We were gonna.
1: Yeah. I remember um, Ron always telling us we'd always call him Grandpa, and. He'd always tell us, you get this up by the end of the day. I'll buy you a steak tonight and maybe one beer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that guy's a food.
1: Yeah. And, um. uh, you know, he he would come through on his end as long as we got our stuff done. You yeah. Know? And uh, he always made it fun, too, right? That's where I kind of learned the culture thing. Everybody always enjoyed working with Ron and you know Lance was the driver right like Lance knew how to drive the business yeah you know, drive to get production and efficiency yeah and then you know Ron always kind of carried that culture thing and I, I enjoyed working with him and I learned a ton from both of those guys I enjoyed working with them and learning what I learned but at the time I didn't realize what I was taking in you know at the time it was just like yeah let's go let's yeah. work you know but Looking back, it's like, man, I learned a ton. You know, I learned a lot about culture and yeah. you know efficiency, right? Like, right. If you're not, yeah, I mean,
0: if you're not efficient, you're not going to make any money either, right? Right. So, well, in business, you've, you've, I think what we can, I, we've learned from that whether we recognize it or not. It was fun while we did it. We knew the expectation. Yep. We were just part-time guys that ran up on the weekend to make yep. some cash. Right. They told us the expectation. This was fun to them too, I'm sure. Yeah. And then we had a good time that night, but we knew what the outcome was gonna be. Right. And I don't feel like we were working all day then. Right. We were working hard. Yep. Don't get me wrong. But we but enjoyed the, it. The the feeling was enjoyment, yeah. So yeah. Um, the culture was there, you know, they had fun while doing it, you know. Yep. And uh yeah. So if you can hit all three of those while you're doing your position in whatever area, this could be a coffee shop, this could be whatever, if you can make your job enjoyable while you're doing it and the employee knows the expectation really well at the end, like you're going to have a great, successful company with very low turnover. So you will gain all three of those. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, we'd show up every day. It
1: didn't matter if we had too many beers or not. We still would show up. We're like, one, we needed to make the money, and two, we enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. They treated us well, and we, we enjoyed doing it. So we're like, we're going back. Yeah. Let's go back this weekend, you know? Yeah.
0: Okay, so bring us back to the career of... You were at Terracon. Yep. We've, we've met then. We, um, I believe I went to Terracon. Yep, you and were there first. Midwest <laughs> Testing. Yep. And then you came about, and I said, why don't you come home? I don't remember yeah. um, why you made that decision or not. Yeah, I just
1: was ready to you know you told me hey I got a good job this is a pretty good place they're paying well sure I'll come check it out so yeah I was like, all right you know like I said at that point I still wasn't sold on like construction is where I want to be you know I didn't really realize it at the time how much I enjoyed it so I was like yeah I'm ready to try something different and I did and then ended up testing for a little bit and you left and yeah started Mac and uh, yeah, I kind of help you on the side a little bit here and there. and I kind of really enjoyed drilling, so I was kind of stuck to that. Yeah. I, yeah. I I thought, hey, this is my career, you know, I really enjoy this now. Right. I felt like I really found something that I liked, so I, I kept drilling. I uh, I did a lot of traveling with that job. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, learned a lot about, you know... <laughs> You better bring with you what you think you're going to need. Because when you're in Texas, (laughs) you can't just get what you need at the hardware store where you're out in the middle of a pasture somewhere, you know. Everything's not readily available. Yeah. So I learned a lot about being prepared for your job uh, at Terracon. I did a lot of traveling, and I just kind of got to a point in my life where... had a kid at home and i was like i I, i'm not ready i don't want to travel anymore i don't want to be gone for three weeks at a time and i uh you and i had always been in touch right we had always been buddies and we would hang out when i would come home and you're like why don't you come i got a project for you why don't you come work at mac like get you off the road you'll be home every night at that point in my life, I was like, "I'm sick of being on the road. I'd like to be home more for my kid." And yeah, I was like, "All right, I'm going to take a chance on this." And came to Mac and I started out doing steel buildings for Mac and yeah, built a couple steel buildings and then uh, kind of trans- poured some concrete also in that yeah. time and uh, had a small little crew, a couple guys with me and um, we we're gone every single day we the first year i worked at mac we spent one afternoon at holy family church that was it in 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 grand forks other than that we were on the road every day and uh i loved it we it was great i had two good friends of mine that were working with me yeah and uh it didn't even feel like a job you know yeah we were, we were running lean, you know, it's tough to get a lot of work done with three guys, but we enjoyed it, right? Yeah. We were having fun and, um, so then we kind of did that for a year and, uh, decided to switch just, to strictly concrete. So we moved over to the concrete division and, uh.
0: Well, we kind of closed, we, we narrowed in on yeah. what we did because we just knew. Picking up Too on many things niche, to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we niched down. Niched down on
1: concrete. We just didn't do steel stuff anymore, and, um, yeah,
0: kind of came into the concrete division. Yeah. So what, uh, so you learned at Terracon, you weren't on the road, and then you came here, you were on the road a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were home every night, yeah. which I suppose made the difference. Yeah. Um, what, you know, what did you learn, what did you learn at, like, Terracon, like, about drilling, um you know, is that applied to anything you do today a little bit? Because that was very repetitious, very yep. the same thing, yeah. driving many different places though. Yeah, I learned a ton from that, you know, because it was a lot the same.
1: It would be, uh, there's always challenges with drilling. Okay. But uh, what I learned is picking up from the guy, you know, finding a mentor, oh, finding yeah. somebody you can lean on yeah. to teach you. I was uh when I first started drilling, I was really young. I was one of the youngest drillers in Terracon when I first started. And oh, uh wow. you know, I was green and they sent me on the road and I drove all the way to Arkansas in this old truck and I was excited, <laughs> you know. I was going to get to drill with one of the, uh actually still to this day a good friend of mine named Chris from Denver. Yeah. I was going to get to drill with this guy and you know, I looked up to him, I'd heard all about him. Yeah. And, it was like, man, this guy's the like, Hollywood. Yeah, he's like a drilling legend, you know. So <laughs> yep. I was all excited, and that was kind of my first like realization that I needed to pick up on a mentor, you know, like find somebody to lean on, somebody you can talk to, you know, like how can I learn this? Because when I do something, I like to be good
0: at it, you know. I don't like to be half ass or yeah. you know. Well, find someone two three years ahead of you yeah in the drilling i mean yep. because it's so powerful because they just went through that yep and they want to help you yeah so i i ended up making a
1: ton of relationships guys i still talk to this day yeah, you cool. know we we uh a bunch of us guys at terracon there was a kind of a group within the country you know terracon was a national company but there's a group of us that traveled a lot um and then got asked to do certain jobs you know like i had a really big tall drill rig well we ended up drilling out in uh the oklahoma river or arkansas river excuse me in tulsa oklahoma and they wanted me there because my rig was so tall and i show up and i was with probably the three top drillers in terracon they all had the same rig so they needed one that was taller theirs was shorter and uh You know, just learning from those guys. Like, these guys are the living legends of drilling, you know.
0: (laughs) This is the niche.
1: Yeah, and I had a ton of fun with those guys, just learning what they do. Like, any chance I would get, I'd go help behind their rig. Oh, yeah. You know. Figure out their process. Yeah, because some of these guys, they don't want to share it with you. They're not going to, you know, some of the guys are like, hey, figure it out, just like I did, you know. Yeah. And so I'd go over there and kind of butt in and, you know, try and help. I remember my good buddy Chris telling me, he's like, Chris, back up. He's like, you're messing up my rhythm. <laughs> you know, you learn that stuff as you go, you know, like I, I enjoyed it. So any chance I did, I was calling these guys. I was talking to them, you know, keeping, building that relationship with them. So they knew they could call me. And then eventually as the years went on, when they would, You know, they were at Terracon for probably 20 years at this point or, you know, 15 years at that point. They'd been around a long time, so they'd always get the calls. Okay. Hey, we got a difficult job here. We got a, you know, big job over here. So then they would call me and say, hey, Chris you're the expert we we want you to come help us on this oh yeah you you got a good setup and I learned a lot about efficiency right efficiency because it was the same thing generally over and over yeah so how can I be efficient I want to try and beat these guys right I want to try and drill 50 feet faster than they can you know and uh, learning efficiency and you know we did a lot of setting up our rig so it was fast and efficient and um, it ended up getting to where I would get phone calls. Hey, Chris, come drill with us. Gotcha. Come here. Hey, we want Chris down in Texas. Come drill on this job. Right. Um, and I, th- I think Terracon liked it too, you know, cause we were building that culture and we had a good group of guys and I really enjoyed it. The, just the traveling thing killed me, you know, I was like, when yeah. you got a kid at home. I was like, all right, yeah. I'm
0: starting to miss a lot of my kid's life. So yeah. Yeah. As you grow, it gets harder to travel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you said efficiency, which I did like, and I think that can apply to everyone, even in the concrete world, but, like, we're, we're in this whole efficiency in MAC, and, like, how do yep. we be better? We're always improving. We we call it, like, whether you liked it or not, that other drill rig guy would not share his process with you. Right. No. He wouldn't do it. No. And that was his. He owned it. Yep. Um, this is how he did it. You had a process. Yep. Every guy had a process, and... Um, Companies get evaluated on their processes. What's your best process? Now, a lot of us in construction think the processes just are are in our head. Yeah. Well, what Uh, limits you now is like, okay, we want all the drill rigs to run like Chris. Right. Um, Can you write it down perfectly so the next drill rig guy can? Because in reality, if you guys would have all shared your process or someone would have controlled that and really optimized the best one possible, the algorithm... Right. And then delivered, hey, do it like this, Chris. efficient. Right. Yep. So, like, that's what you need to figure out how to do in your business is right. make sure everyone's doing it the same. They're kept at the same level because then the expectation from, say, your boss at the drill would know yep. what he's going to get. Yep. And if he's not getting those results, he knows they're not following the process of accountability. Yep. Right. So, it's something that we talk about all the time and, like, we're yeah. diving so deep into processes and systems yeah. this year. Um, just trying to get everyone to do things the same, and keep them accountable to doing right. those at the same level, um, because then you can get measurements yeah. of how they're doing, yeah, and you we can, can get see measurables, you know,
1: yeah. like square feet per man hours and stuff like that. Yeah. That so, what are
0: some of your favorite? Walk into that a little more now. Like, let's go into yeah. the concrete world. What think, are your favorite KPIs, measurables that you just like, how do you know the guys had a perfect day? How do you know they had a perfect week and a perfect month? Like kind of walk me through that.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes down to watching your hours reports um, and reporting that to your foreman. That's a big one. Okay, you So that's a job specific? Yeah. One job? Yeah, like keeping track of, you know, yards, yards per man hour. So what is that? Or square feet per man hour. So um, basically, that? figure out how big your pour is, and you take that square footage, and you figure out how many hours and how many guys you had on site, and you divide the two. And uh, so your square out, feet. So if it's yep. ten by
0: ten, it's a hundred. Yep. If it takes yep. two guys ten hours. Yep. You got two guys for five hours. Yep. Yep. And exactly. then you just track. You take that amount hours divided by the amount of yep gotcha square feet. So
1: and uh, put that
0: in your measurables. Yeah. That's a really good
1: one to keep track of. I real I, a lot of concrete pours are never exactly the same, but they're generally you know like all right, we yeah. got a parking lot we're doing. You know, hey, what's some uh, KPIs we had on this last parking lot we did? You know, so now you got a history. Yeah, so then one you can use that to bid off of. Um, two, you can kind of set goals for your foreman. Hey guys, this is what you did it for last time. Hey, you know, I'll buy you the steak and beer or whatever. Oh. I'll have the pizza party. You beat yeah. that number, you know, because at the end of the day, I know, hey, we made money on that number. If we can beat that, we'll be, you know, we'll be smiling. So setting that, um, I even like a super simple one is just yards, yards poured per
0: day. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like throughout the company or yeah, through of we, the...
1: we try and keep track of that, uh, per crew, um, We got kind of different, they're not divisions, but we got different groups of guys that we try and put them where they're good, right? Um, Yeah. We got a couple groups of guys that are mainly parking lot flat work guys, and then we got some other guys that do foundation work, and they all intermesh at times, but uh, trying to keep track of, you know, measurables, you know, like walls, you know, walls are a big one. Footings are a big one, you know. Yeah. What's your linear feet per man hour? Per man hour, okay. Um, Stuff like that, keeping track of that, you know. That way you can tell the guys, hey, you did have a good week. Or, hey, what happened last week? Yeah. Um, we meet once a week with our foreman and we try and report this stuff to them, you know. Gotcha. Hey, what would you guys do last week? How many feet of wall did you get up, you know. And then reporting to him, hey, how come last time you did uh, three feet, you know, three linear feet per man hour, and this week you're doing one and a half? What's going on? Well, half of my crew's helping on the paving pour, you know, the parking lot. Oh, okay, I got you. Makes sense. Or I don't know, we're having a rough week, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. Talking yep. about that stuff early on in your project because if you're only doing one and a half throughout the whole project and you bid it at three. By the time you get to the end, you're going to be back and you're talking one and a half feet per man hour, linear of, feet per man hour. Got you know? it. And you want to be at three, yeah. That's the history three, yeah. of your data. Yeah, if you want to be at three, and you're only doing one and a half for a whole week, and then you know maybe it's a three week wall process. Well, three weeks, and now it took six weeks to do that instead of the three weeks you planned, and uh, just keeping up on that stuff. Super easy math to figure out, you know. Simple and, spreadsheet, yeah. Simple spreadsheet, and it ends up the guys kind of take it as a competition too. Like, oh yeah, there you get go. A little friendly competition going, like yeah. hey, we want to beat the last guy's numbers on you know maybe this uh, parking
0: lot pour. Um, do you do you give them anything if they beat the last guy? <sighs> um, like you said, I know you're mentioning yeah, steaks and beer. Do you yeah. <laughs> and pizza party? Yeah, we try and do pizza
1: parties. Um, this year we're gonna we're gonna have some kind of stuff the guys
0: are going to vote on oh okay yeah let them
1: yeah we're going to have some like we'll do an mvp and a most improved and a best finisher oh yeah best raker and stuff like that we're gonna we're gonna set five things the guys are working on them now just trying to figure out what ones they want to pick and we're gonna once a month we'll kind of vote on it within the concrete guys and we'll uh we'll give them gift cards you know to like yeah acme or structural materials or whatever so they can get you know best finisher he wants to get a new (laughs) new steel this time so yep uh yeah we try and do fun stuff like that and make it a friendly competition and
0: kind of set goals and help each other out to reach them you know yeah that's that's awesome because then you're rewarding them and they they feel appreciated and then it's kind of what they want you're asking them what do you want yep right and uh I think when you ask somebody what they want, and it goes back to the beginning we were talking yeah. about, they, they really appreciate you as a leader then. Right. Feel now you're getting their opinion yeah. instead of your yep. perspective on it. Yep. Because they, they have their own ideas in their mind, I'm sure. Yeah. I
1: mean, most of the time, the guys, if I ask them what they want, they're quick. Like, uh, <laughs> they know. Yeah. yeah they right? know what I want. Yeah.
0: Ask your employees what they want, <laughs> yep. and then build a target for them yep. to get it um Set and they a goal will, for form to get that and they will be happy to come to work they'll yep. be excited about this so um another little tidbit so is there and and so now you're building this history bank of KPIs measuring linear feet a man yep. hour square feet a man hour um cubic yards you mentioned yep. um and you track these daily weekly yeah um, um and every he, week we kind of run through them we don't um, we'll do them on the days
1: of the pours, you know, if, right. if there's a big pour, we it's quick math, call the foreman, Hey, how, what was the final number you ended up pouring? You know, you might have a 500 yard pour. Hey, we poured 512 yards. Okay, perfect. Gotcha. I got the square foot. This is what we got, you know, run your numbers quick and we just have that for the next
0: meeting. Gotcha. So, so like in, let's say 22, how do you where did you learn the most of it? Cause now you're tracking all these numbers, right? Anything you can track, you can improve it. Right. And that's what you're, ha- that's what's happening to you. Yeah. So in 22, what was the biggest takeaway? Like, did you notice what did you, how did you increase the efficiency? What are a couple of things? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing we noticed was setting processes.
1: Like we were just talking about having people do the same thing, right? Okay. Having. All right. Who's figure out who's the best guy at this. Okay, now let's pay attention to how they do it and then let's teach the guys that aren't as good as him right. to do it his way. Um, and then, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? No. Uh,
0: well, I think you you also noticed when you were doing it's like scale. You started pouring more oh, mud yeah. per time and you just noticed your yeah. numbers looked... Yeah, we figured out we could pour
1: a lot more than we thought we could. So how did you do that? And then... Uh, a lot of it was um, kind of a process thing, but also delegating roles okay everybody is accountable for something. Gotcha if you only have eight guys available and you got five hundred yards you gotta pour okay what what do we need? Are we laser screening okay, so we don't need a ton of rakers all right so now I need some finish guy I need some edge guys, finish guys broom guys I need somebody got somebody's got to be pumping the mud. <laughs> Um, you know, does that have to be the best guy on site, you know? A lot of times we try and figure out who's there, you know. Some okay. guys like to run a job site from the pump, some guys like to run a job site from the broom, you know. Depends on that uh, foreman how they like to run the job site, and then uh basically putting somebody responsible for every step that's gotta get done. That way the foreman knows, hey, if this edge is not okay up to standard. He already knows I got to go back to that guy. I got to catch that dude. One Tell head him, to chop. Come, come fix it. Yep, one head to chop. I love that. Setting rolls, because otherwise we we would run into the issue where, all right, we're pouring, you know, this is the most we've ever poured now at a sing, yeah. on a single pour. So let's bring everybody over there. Well, we'd end up with 25 guys, and we're pouring 500 yards, and half the pro, half the pour, you know. 10 guys aren't very busy, you know. We could have done it with half the guys. Uh, Figuring out, setting roles, you know, yep. setting roles. This is your responsibility today. Get that done. Got it. it perfect. And once we started doing that, we got so much more efficient. Our KPIs just skyrocketed after wow. that, you know.
0: Well, take that home. Hopefully, if you have a concrete company or in the concrete space, yeah, make sure your processes with your people on site, I imagine your foreman are the people... Probably pushing these. Yep. Uh, positions.
1: Yep. They're the guys that know who's good at what. You know. Also, another part of that is putting guys where they're good. You yeah. know. If there's a guy that's you know not your best float guy and you're trying to pour the most you're pouring ever, don't put your
0: second best or third best guy on the float. Put your best guy on it. Yeah. These are all mini teams. We have four or five crews, so it's yep. like you have to build mini teams and and your foreman they're accountable for a ton of money out in that space. Yeah. They can waste a lot of mud, they can yep. uh, waste a lot of man hours, they can they yep. can be very inefficient if they're not trained right, because I think yep. you guys do a good job with training your foreman to get the optimal levels.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we try and do a lot of classes in the winter, t- not a lot, but we try and do some trainings in the winter time. Um, last year we went to World of Concrete and we took home a ton of knowledge on that. Every one of us sat in, like, six to eight hours of classes every day we were there. You know? Yeah. Um, it was really good. We took home a lot of knowledge from that. Uh, this winter, we're doing a, it's a, a thing called Five Minute Foreman. Yeah. Um, the foreman are really enjoying that. It, uh, if you guys get a chance, check out that book. Five it's, Minute Foreman. Yeah, it's a Five book. Minute Foreman. Yeah. Um, it really talks about efficiencies and how to run a job site, you know. Okay. How to how to be the guy, not always working the hardest, but leading the group, getting ahead of your people, um, stuff like that. It's a really good book. Our foremen are in the middle of it now, and they're really
0: enjoying it. Good. Um, Well, we've we've talked about this in the past. This would be a little bit off, but offering coaching, because we're, I mean, we're looking at doing eight, nine million dollars this year. We're no small concrete company. Um, We can exceed that with, with some levels but we have a lot of people we're doing a lot of volume now um you know we've considered coaching others even. yeah um i know we talked about it a couple times specializing
1: in some stuff too you know we're kind of getting uh, more niche down and figuring out where we specialize in and you know what we're good at yeah. basically and
0: yeah so and and Chris and I have talked about this maybe cause my, my passion where I start, I'm just a concrete guy. That's now a business guy <laughs> really at heart. So, um, and Chris kind of stole that, uh, role now. He's the concrete guy and I'm, I'm the business guy. So we talked about implementing a coaching program that, um, for 12 weeks, maybe one winter when we are slow up in North Dakota, cause it's yeah. one degree out or whatever it is. And, um, helping others in the concrete space. Cause there's a lot of inefficiencies that can be improved even through documenting KPIs, your yeah. process, how you're doing things. You could be a three man company and learn a ton from what he knows right. at his level. Um, and we're still learning. We're always learning. Like that's what we do. Like constantly adapting, constantly changing things as much as people probably some don't like that, but we're yeah. always doing it. Yeah. Um, some of the guys don't like change and other
1: guys are like, Hey, if it makes me better, sign me up. Right. I got some guys that love the YouTube, you you know, like you said, YouTube universe. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of stuff on there and, uh, just, you know, putting it to paper, right. Putting it in
0: front of your guys and learning what works, you know? So leave in the comments below, if you would listen to this, if you would be interested in like a 12 week coaching program to turn your little concrete company and how to get to a $10 million concrete company, Chris will maybe reach out to you and see if we can adapt and and, and try to help you guys out. So, um, all right, let's, let's wrap this thing up. Um, there's a couple questions that I wanted to ask you that I'm kind of like testing the waters on here a little bit, but, um, you know, you don't have to close your eyes or anything. Um, but, if you envision Chris in five years from today, so it would be twenty twenty eight, what would you see? What? What do? You, where do you want to be? Where? Where would you envision Chris to be? Where would you want to be? Um, I'd like to. Um, these are these are hard I mean, questions. Five years from now,
1: I'd like to quadruple our you know concrete division. Um, I'd like to niche down into. You know what, we're kind of doing the same thing a lot, and I would like to make the concrete division a lot bigger. You know, uh, kind of flood the. What's bigger mean? The eastern market. You know, like we're oh, okay. we're, we're kind of well known. People want to work with us. We have good culture, and we provide a quality product. In you know, in uh, North Dakota, Minnesota, you know. Um, we're doing a little traveling now, you know, I'd like to kind of be well-known in the North Dakota market and then Minnesota
0: too, maybe even South Dakota, you know? Yeah. Kinda. Rock and roll. Yeah, no, I, I love that. How about, how about like, um, and I love the business stuff, by the way, because yeah. you, you always know where my head's at. Yep. Um, how about on a personal level, where, where would you see yourself in five years? Um... Just if yeah, if you close your eyes, what would be the dream of where you're at? oh uh, it's a tough one on the spot.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I I love the field work so much. So I like getting out with the guys, but I, I'd like to uh, you know spend more time with my family and kind of less of the 12, 14 hour days. And uh, I'd like to say I'm looking back thinking holy crap five years ago you know we were we thought we were doing really well but now look what we did you Mm know um like to think and have a couple kids driving and sounds scary well you're gonna have a couple quite not not quite five well
0: yeah 14 yeah that's scary to think about yeah well you know people always underestimate what they can do in five years, but a well overestimate what they can do in one year. So, um, I, I view my life even from five years ago, it was a lot different. Yeah. You know, um, your life was a lot different too. Yep. Um, okay. Last question. What does unfollow the herd mean to you? Um, mainly what
1: it means to me is doing the hard stuff and, you know, Educating yourself on the difficult situations. Educating and, you know, take that different path that just because this guy did it that way doesn't mean that that was the best way. He had struggles along the way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, doing your research, doing your homework, uh, paying attention to your mentors, you know, find somebody to look up to and uh, kind of take your own path. Find what you enjoy doing and, you know. Put a lot of effort into it, right? Work hard at it, and you'll reach
0: what you want to reach if you just put that effort in. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, So with this podcast, please like and subscribe it to this channel. We talk everything construction, business, how it applies, what we've learned from construction, and apply it to the business world. Um, but also if you wanna get in touch with Chris, yeah. how, how how would they get in touch with you? Where's the best um, spot right now? I got a. am not very good on Instagram, but
1: I got an Instagram.
0: Just, Instagram uh,
1: Chris yeah. shell One. Um I got a LinkedIn now. Yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. There you go, I love that. Probably the best way, yeah, would be LinkedIn. I'm gonna be working on my LinkedIn stuff a little bit more and I
0: uh yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, okay. uh, reach out to me, yeah. So we'll link we'll link your, yeah. your stuff below, probably Instagram and, and LinkedIn for sure. Yeah. Um, if you're uh, having trouble in your concrete career or just like a little lost on how to go to the next level, you keep hitting ceilings, um, which can happen. I, I, I've been through all these levels in business. There's always a ceiling, you just don't know what you don't know. Um, Chris would be excellent in the concrete space to help you out. So please go and DM him, message him, uh, put a comment below in this, and we will definitely reach out and yeah. try to help you along your way. Yeah. And um, if we can get to that coaching program, yeah, that would be the dream somebody. outcome. Yeah. Um, we love helping people. That's why we do this. We're just going to give you the juice of what we know. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next one.